Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Earlier we were speaking to Google Ireland about tackling disinformation. I also caught up the, with the Vice President of the European Commission, Vera Jourova, who's responsible in this area. And I began by asking her why the code of practice designed to deal with this problem was still only voluntary. It's strong because it's part of uh, the broader picture. We have the Digital Services Act, which uh, obliges the platforms to take uh, all the steps to have the content uh, which is legal. Mm-hmm. And once it's harmful, also they, they should take some action. And here comes the code of practice as the part of it, because they, they should uh, show their responsibility for the content by uh, being the signatories of the code of practice. So there is a connection. But you are right, it's a voluntary uh, mechanism. We've spoken to Google, one of the biggest social platforms in the world, and they own YouTube. And they say that they have new practices. They call it the four R's to remove or to restrict or to rate. So they rate content which is not reliable further down the list and they push up reliable sources including News Talk and the BBC perhaps New York Times further up but it's still done by something called AI and and so in other words a computer does it rather than a human. That's why we want under the code of practice to uh, see the involvement of many different players, especially the people who can work with facts mm. to deliver the facts. And here comes the role for the professional journalists and for the, for the people who can differentiate between the facts, who can, uh, who can uh, prove that the facts are real, mm-hmm. and the opinions, because we never wanted the opinions to be somehow moderated. Yes. The, the opinions belong to every individual. Uh, they are protected by the freedom of speech, mm-hmm. which is abs- almost absolute principle in the EU. And the facts, which are either verifiably true mm-hmm. or not. Sometimes, of course, there's a grey area, and, and opinion uh, becomes more important. Journalists are finding it very tough these days. Um, and European journalists need to be protected from some governments. There is certainly one member state in the European Union that doesn't like journalists at all, especially when they're telling the truth. What are you doing to protect journalists? We are doing three things. Uh, we are recommending the member states to do more to protect journalists against violence, violence online and real violence, for instance, uh, during the protests. Uh, also to uh, enable the journalists to use the technological support, for instance, for detection of the spyware in their devices. Mm-hmm. Where, where we, we gave the member states a very practical uh, set of recommendations. The sec- Again, voluntary. Uh, well, yeah, we don't have competence because this is about security of individuals, mm-hmm. where the comp- competence of the EU is rather weak. The second thing is that we introduced the legislation against abusive litigations, mm. the so-called slaps. Uh, and uh, here we believe that it might help the journalists uh, to have stronger position when they are sued by somebody who has money and influence and by these means to silence the journalists. That's difficult. How do you create a healthy environment for journalists to work? You, you obviously, you've talked about protecting them from litigation, mm-hmm. but uh, there's also the uh, there's the intimidation, which is difficult to 
put your finger on? Uh, well, we see a lot of it uh, through online media and uh, social networks. And here come, I, I will give you an example of Jan Kuciak, the Slovak journalist yes. who was murdered. And he was under permanent threats uh, through the social media, but also from the sight of very dangerous people. Mm-hmm. And Jan Kuciak announced this to the police, and police neglected that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they either didn't believe him, or, or they simply thought that uh, this is not that dangerous, and he was murdered. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, so we uh, want the state law enforcement authorities to mm-hmm. take seriously the messages or the announcements of the journalists. And also we want the state authorities authorities to protect the journalists uh, during the protests. And we, I think that we are now uh, entering very difficult era in, in the EU uh, when we will see a lot of radicalization and uh, maybe violent events in the streets. Mm-hmm. And the journalists should be able to go to the place and again do the job mm-hmm. without the fear that they will be beaten either by the, the protests, uh, protesting people or which is worse by the police itself so these these are the, the these, these are the realities which the member states should take seriously and they they should take all the thinkable legal steps to protect the journalists better you were born and raised uh, behind the so-called iron curtain mm. And, and I know you're very angry at what's happening right now in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. There are quite a few countries in Eastern Europe uh, that are very worried that the big countries in Western Europe are keen to do a peace deal uh, with Vladimir Putin, even if it means chopping off bits of Ukraine. How do you persuade Paris, Berlin not to even consider that? The pictures from Ukraine, especially from today, are quite telling. And I think that up to now we have uh, extraordinary unity in uh, supporting... But it is fraying a little bit. Well, of course, I have that instinct of somebody coming from Czechoslovakia from 1968, which I unfortunately remember. (laughs) (laughs) But... uh, we also felt some kind of uh, being abandoned by by the rest of the world, but also in 1938, mm-hmm. when the Dayton Land deal, when yeah, we had to give up part of the of the territory, yeah. which was the last step before having to give up the whole territory and becoming and the that protector. Was a, that was agreed by Britain and France at the time. Yes, yes, that's so. Right. You must be worried for your Slavic brothers in Ukraine that uh, in the interest of peace and the economy that some sort of pressure will be put on Kiev. Indeed, the, this kind of worries uh, are giving us also, the Easterners, mm. the power to be more vocal in convincing uh, the Western part of Europe to be patient and to keep supporting Ukraine and to repeat it again again two things that no sanctions will be lifted mm. uh, till the aggression lasts and the second thing is that it must be Ukrainians who will decide mm. that the war should be over with the referendum? Half with some maybe peace talks mm. but not peace talks which will be pushed by the West the Ukrainians have sacrificed already too many too many lives and too many damages 
That's the EU Commissioner and Vice President of the Commission, Vera Jourova. Now, we've teamed up with Square, the payments, payments platform, to host an exclusive after-work event for new startups, small retailers and those thinking about setting up a new business. I will be hosting the event in the new Square Market on 47 Grafton Street in Dublin on Thursday, the 20th of October. And I'll be joined on the night by Neve Cunningham from Square and Jenny Timoney, founder of Fit Pink Fitness, for an intimate new business workshop with advice, tips of the trade and shared experience. For your chance to attend this special workshop, simply text the word SQUARE and your details for us now at 53106. That's 53106 at a cost of 30 cent if you want to take part. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.